Mai Mai, Heidi Mai, Ki Tane Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National Panel Family, as well as Chapman here, and it's wonderful to be with you. By the way, State Highway 20 Northbound Lane, Northbound rather, before Waterview Tunnel is now open after an earlier crash, but the right lane is blocked just before the Waterview Tunnel. So merge left with care and expect delays until congestion has cleared. Today, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has ruled out an additional levy to pay for the recovery from Cyclone Gabrielle and the Auckland floods and a capital gains tax not on the cards. That just after four. More information is needed about tramadol's possible side effects. Some experts say, have you had experiences uh, taking tramadol used to help uh, with pain? And how to improve the family court. Here's one, says a lawyer, a family court lawyer, a protection order form is 26 pages long. Shorten it. Also on the panel, a survey on corporate jargon you just hate. Key learnings, is that one of them? And would you move your pre-booked window seat for an aisle seat in a plane if newlyweds wanted to sit together? The passenger said, well, I'm not moving. Is the passenger in the right? Is his seat or is he just a travelling man with no heart? These are newlyweds after all. Text 2101. What would you do? I know what I'll do. More on that at 25 past four. With me, Mark Sainsbury, uh, MC Broadcaster, Director of Men's Health Week. Kia ora, Mark. Kia ora, Wallace. And Wanthis Morricone, my, uh, who is an entrepreneur, board director, former National Party candidate and uh, at home nursing um, a rather sick dog. How are you, Noethi? Kia ora, Wallace. How's Reese? He is better, but I'm, um, he's, yeah, a bit edgy and sad looking, but he's much better from last night. Thank you. Oh, very good. All right, wonderful to have you on the program again. Now, they call Ototahi Christchurch the Garden City, but if you're an architecture nut, if you watch grand designs, you love it or list it, if you like brutalist architecture, this is your city. Open Christchurch, the annual festival of architectural excellence, is on again Saturday, May 6th and 7th, throwing open the doors of 52 buildings for the public to discover from the inside. Māori architectural design, also past and present, that's included too. Director of Te Putahi Centre for Architecture and City Making is Dr Jessica Halliday, kia ora, welcome. Oh, kia ora. Many might not realise, many do, but many don't, that Christchurch has just some stellar architecture, I know it, but we often think Gothic, but it's a lot more, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. Um, There is a wealth of architecture to explore in Christchurch, from the Gothic to uh, that high point of modernism in the post-war period through to contemporary buildings from the last 10 years. Yeah, and there are there are real high points. Uh, I went, I was in Notre what, about two and a half months ago, and I just took that little e-scooter around and had a little bit of a nosy myself, and I was reacquainted with some of the real gems uh, in that city. A- and you're highlighting the work of Sir Miles Warren and Morris Marnie in what's known as the Christchurch modern style. Yes, this year we are. Um, with the death of Sir Miles Warren last year, an architecture um, festival in Christchurch 
had to, we had a responsibility to pause and to consider the, the legacy of Sir Miles Warren and Morris Marnie. So we're opening seven of their buildings across the city um, and we're also holding a special speaker evening and um, an exclusive uh, footage uh, of the last interview they ever did. Um, in fact, it was the last time I believe they were ever together. Um, we're going to see some footage from the interview that night as well. Very, very cool. You've got that 1929 Rotunda, that's, and they're quite the symbol of Christchurch. Mark Sainz, I don't know when you were last in Christchurch, but there are some real gems there, aren't there? Yeah, well, actually, I, I did. I was doing a gig at that new conference centre down there, which is a pretty remarkable um, piece of architecture in itself. But, but it's interesting, isn't it, because we're talking about all this modern architecture that's defining Christchurch, yet we sort of end up think, thinking of Christchurch and the cathedral. Yeah. You know? And when when does and it's funny because I, I live in a house that's over a hundred years old and you have this big debate as you know do you leave things as they are or what we think is radical and modern now is that going to be the sort of the ancient architecture in a couple of hundred years? Yeah, good question, Jessica. Oh, I mean, most definitely, and I, I, it's really interesting that people that don't live in Christchurch uh, still think and associate the cathedral with the city. First and foremost, it's definitely an amazing project and at Open Christchurch you can get behind the fence and learn more about what's going on to restore the building. But, you know, when you're here, I think, and especially when we're looking at things like Miles and Morris's legacy, um, I can't go past buildings like the Christchurch Town Hall. I love it. And you do, yeah, mm. and you do, there, there are so many treasures here. And I think we'd invite everybody um, who's interested in architecture to come down and explore what's on offer. The Christchurch Town Hall, 72, go in there. It's a 70s gem. It's amazing. People talk about It's my favourite building in New Zealand, uh, Nuanthi. Yeah, I've got to agree with you, Wallace and Jessica. Whenever I think of Christchurch, there is the cathedral, but the town hall um, really does bring it home for me. Um, and it's just, it is very, very special. And it's quite exciting to think that we've we've got this and you're, you're actually doing this and driving this um, for the public to just go in and discover some of these things. What do you think um, are some of your potential challenges, Jessica, to try and get this really moving again in terms of overall festival? Or are there any challenges really? Uh, oh, we are so fortunate um, because we ask, you know, all these different people that own or tenant these buildings to open them up to the public over the weekend. And invariably, nearly everyone who we ask says yes. And so putting on the festival isn't, is, a, is really possible because of all these incredible building partners um, and the support we receive from yes. volunteers as well over the weekend. So I, I think um, sometimes the key, the real challenge is actually meeting the demand. The <laughs> festival so warmly embraced that often where there's limited capacity, people do sadly miss out on some of the experiences. But because the festival's annual, we can open up some of these buildings yeah. uh, again every year. And you get some extraordinary things. This year, um, some groups of people are going actually inside a building that's still considered earthquake prone and that's um, the Canterbury Provincial Council buildings which is one of our most important high Victorian yeah. um, Gothic revival buildings yeah. in the city and in fact it's of national importance and it's sitting there mothballed and has been since the earthquake so there are still challenges um, definitely in the city it's uh, 
but I think um, we continue to um, meet them. Very, very good. Uh, someone says, my, my, the best modern building in Christchurch is whiskey galore, um, says someone. Um, very, very cool. <laughs> that's, that's probably the content. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, but look, some of them, though, let's just face it, Jessica, um, some of them, brutalism, a bit on the cusp. You've got that central building at University of Canterbury. The, the, is it the James Height? Um, I mean, James Height. James Height. I mean, come on, that sh- that should be bulldozed, shouldn't it? Ah, oh, you mean you love brutalism? Yeah, but that's too was. brutal. There's nothing. It's just. It's a shocker. No, it isn't. It, I mean, I I personally disagree. Um, I think. The really interesting thing is often, and it's people of your or my generation, Wallace, we often look back and see the work in particular of our grandparents and really admire it. And that is the work of our grandparents. The thing about brutalism is it's really misunderstood. People, and when you understand what's going on behind it, I think you see it in a new light. Mm. The whole idea of it was to speak about the truth of architecture and in particular the truth of concrete as a material. And it was it was considered the most modern material in the late 19th and early 20th century. And it took about 50 years before architects could work out how to treat concrete as a modern material. And one of the ways they wanted to do that was to demonstrate this is concrete, this is what it is. It's a sludgy mix of cement and aggregates, and it gets set in this big and huge framework. Mm. And sometimes that's you know, pre-fabricated, um, sometimes it's poured on site in situ. And they just wanted to make the truth of it to expose it. And isn't that kind of transparency? All right, all right. What oh, a material oh, is. Isn't I'll, that something we should aspire to? I'll have a second <laughs> look. I'll have a second <laughs> look, look, Jessica. <laughs> Very good. No, it's, it's a great uh, program and uh, congratulations on it. And uh, I'm sure it'll be very successful. That's Dr. Jessica Halliday. Uh, there. Um, by the way, quite a bit of a response regarding your experiences with Tramadol, uh, of which I have had experiences too. Tramadol, says David, two weeks of busy legs, couldn't stop them moving, especially at night where I couldn't sleep. Not again for me. Unfortunately, I wasn't told at the time of getting prescribed, but needed more and more to get the same effect. So this is what we are talking about. Glenn says, I had Tramadol for a bulge disc. So, yeah, your experiences of Tramadol are most welcome. And would you give up your seat for a newlywed uh, couple? I would give up my seat and ask the cabin to provide some bubbles for the couple, is this person's opinion. Very good. All right, time for I've Been Thinking. Nwanthi, Samara Cohen, take it away. Thank you, Wallace. Um, So over the last couple of days, I've actually been assessing quite a few entries for a specific um, high achievers young category for an award and it's in the tech sector and it's been inspiring and just incredible to read some of the impact the high impact stories that you can do through tech that these young people are just um, on a journey and and really driving that across the country what has got me thinking and and this is something that you know I've as I've been reflecting on some of these entries um, is around well how do you define high achieving and success when some of these some of us, all of us as individuals, um, contribute to work and achievements in different ways. And if you're in a job and you're high achieving, 
are you deemed successful or if you're a founder-led individual that's leading your own business and you're high achieving, is that deemed successful? And I guess it's just been on my mind and I kept thinking about, you know, how you could define success in so many different ways, but they can both be equally rewarding and also challenging. I've been thinking so much about that. Very thoughtful. I've been watching Drive to Survive, you know, in Max Verstappen's. Oh, Max Verstappen's or um, Carl Sainz, yes. Lewis Hamilton, they are yep. so wrapped within confidence, even like, like the likes of Lewis Hamilton, you know, achieve great heights, but they're just mm. Alonso wrecked with guilt. What a success. I love it. No, Andy, yes. thank you. All right, Mark Sainsbury, I've been thinking. Yeah, Wallace, I've been thinking about loneliness, and I suppose it was prompted by a conversation I had with someone last night when the more we talked, I realised, you know, the issue that they had was that they were just terribly, terribly lonely. It breaks my heart to hear of the suffering that loneliness brings to so many. It wrecks lives and careers and makes life a living purgatory. And it's a reminder how we need to preserve our friendships, especially after lockdown, when ironically we had all the time in the world, we lost touch with people we care about. I've done it myself, neglecting friends as we went into some sort of collective torpor. And the more you neglect friendships, the harder it is to rekindle them. All around us are lonely people with no one to confide in, to share the simple pleasures with, the basic ingredients of being able to function as a human being. We need to look out for these fellow humans. It can be particularly pronounced for old people. I had a fabulous neighbour, Malcolm. He was close to 100 when I moved in next to him, and was well past that when he died. But I remember him saying, the curse of old age was all your friends were dead. So we need to spread the love, folks. Take the time to talk to people. Friendship is a gift we can all offer. Good on you, And Mark. in many cases, it's a lifesaver. Loneliness can be cured. The only poem I've ever remembered is by a Liverpool poet. Here it goes. Standing in a fish and chip queue, wondering what it would be like to buy chips for two. Loneliness, how about that? That's You're on classic. the panel. Yeah. The panel RNZ National and the one Mark Sainsbury. Lots to discuss this Thursday afternoon just after four.